Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to blame. For before that certain person came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they had come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews disassembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I, Paul, saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou, being a Jew, liveth after the manner of Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why then do you compel the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. What an unexpected situation this must have been. Paul, a man who had never walked with Jesus in the flesh, but had been disciplined enough to walk with him daily in the Spirit, publicly rebukes Peter, the disciple of Christ, for not acting like Jesus or rightly reflecting his teachings to the people. So what happened here? Pride is what happened here. The gospel of Jesus is the gospel of the Hebrews completed. So while Peter had gained some notoriety, sharing the good news that this king of the Jews named Jesus had made a way for all men to be brought into the glory of his kingdom, a slight pride had arisen in those who were of this heritage and had believed. And in doing so, a division, a schism, had entered into the body and the family that Christ had died to unite became divided. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25, we read this, There should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. You see, the problem here is that the believing Jews had thought themselves better than the believing Gentiles. They understood and kept the old ways. They were ritualistically clean. They were important. They were chosen, and they separated themselves to show it. And in that moment, Peter had a choice to stand for the lowly, as Christ so often did, or to partake of this pridefulness and separate with them, which is exactly what he did. Proverbs 16 verse 8 warns us that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better is it to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. And Paul again warns us in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 that we are to stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and to be not entangled again with any yoke of bondage. Therefore when Peter being a leader did this his actions immediately began to influence others to walk in it. Therefore, Paul had to put a stop to it. After all, the whole mandate of Israel from the beginning 
had been to be a nation of priests that would go out and welcome other tribes, tongues, and nations into the family of God, but they had failed to do it. Therefore, Jesus himself came to achieve this mandate, and through him were all men made equal. No more Greek or Jew, male or female, rich or poor, but all had equal access and sonship in the kingdom of God. Because of what Jesus did, this is the gospel, and it was being undermined by the pride of men who wanted to feel a sense of ownership in what Jesus did. A little superiority when Jesus came to demonstrate humility. It was arrogance and it was dangerous to the message of Jesus and to the souls that that message was meant to reach. So Paul had to correct it. And because this error was demonstrated publicly where it could lead others astray, it had to be corrected in a public way that those who had agreed with it might see their mistake and repent. Galatians chapter 3 verse 26 tells us this very clearly, that for ye are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christians, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What Jesus did leveled the playing field for us. There is no one more special in the kingdom. God is no respecter of persons, though he is a respecter of humility, faithfulness, and obedience. God is a giver of favor, not of favoritism. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but now are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. My friend, remember, your purpose in the kingdom of God is to bring the lost children into the family. Everything that we do must be evangelistic. We can never allow the enemy who is opportunistic to work our pride or our arrogance or our pomp against us. We've got to be willing to shed it all and remember that this is about making the least among us feel like kings and priests in the kingdom. Equal heirs to the inheritance. So yes, there are times when public rebuke is justified. Now understand me that I am not talking about when someone is looking to find something wrong in others to prove their view superior. For that is a pharmaceutical pride and the very problem that Paul was trying to address here. But when others are hurt by that pride, when the family is divided, when some are made to feel less important to God, when Jesus came and suffered and died to destroy that lie forever, Jesus leveled the playing field. Remember, he said that he came so that those who see might be made blind and those who were blind might have their eyes opened to the truth of God. He cut the branches off of the tree, for all had strayed and gone away like sheep. 
He laid the axe to it down to the root. Nothing left but Jesus. So that now we all have to be grafted in again by faith in him and him alone. This is the amazing thing about the new covenant is that those who were worthy were made unworthy and that those who were unworthy were made worthy so that all must come to him for redemption. He is the root and all branches were stripped away so that anyone who hopes to find life must be grafted in to him so that no pride can glory in his presence. Whether you are a man or a woman, a Gentile or a Jew, a king or a beggar, a child or an elder, all who humble themselves and acknowledge that they have nothing to offer, no right to be part of what Christ did, except they repent and cry out to him to be grafted in, are welcomed and made to feel at home in his presence. His kingdom, his family. We must be born again. And if we have been born again, then who we were no longer lives. But it is Christ who lives in us, our only hope of glory. So my friend, not looking back, leaving behind those things which were and looking forward to the mark of the high calling, leave behind that old life and every pride connected to it, every hurt, every lie, and every offense that has to do with it. Set your eyes on things before and things above, that you might attain the prize of the high calling of Christ and call upon the name of Jesus. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ who lives within me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Therefore, I do not frustrate the grace of God. The first Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, tells us that now we are all many members, yet are we of one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body, which seem to be more feeble or necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but yet God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which seemeth to lack, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. So remember that ye, and now you, are the body of Christ, and members in particular. So Lord, help us to remember this, that you came to love the least of us, to make them feel welcome and a part of the family, to distribute equally the blessings of Abraham to every tribe, tongue, and nation, as long as they came to be grafted in by faith, in Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Help us to remember that you say in your scripture that pure and undefiled religion is this, to tend to the widow and the orphan, to not forget the least of these, to never have a meal and leave them out feeling unimportant, unaccepted, unloved by the family. 
to never put forth the illusion or the error that there is one that outranks the other, that there is one more loved by God or more honored by the Father, but that you have made all equal through Christ. There is no more partiality or room for pride, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all will perish except they repent and come humbly to the feet of Jesus, forgiving and asking for forgiveness, seeking cleansing and redemption. So, Lord, we come humbly before you today, and we repent of any pride or arrogance, any desire for acceptance by men, especially those who are not exhibiting the fruits of righteousness, because in reality, when we do this, we are really desiring to be accepted by the demons that influence them. These things will always manifest in fruits of selfishness to the detriment of those around us, especially the least of these, the weak, the lonely, the destitute, the broken, the orphan, the widow, the rejected, the homeless, the poor, the wounded, those who need you more than anyone else we might have the opportunity to minister to. Because my friend Jesus told us this, that only the heathen desire to have men look up to them. He said that it is not so with those who truly serve him, that the greatest among them will be the servants of them all. The word minister literally means servant. So, Father, we repent for the church at large, Lord, that it seeks these titles and positions, that it seeks notoriety and attention. If we have ever been guilty of it, Lord, we confess it as sin and repent of it, choosing to turn away and not be guilty of it anymore. Lord, give us your heart for the hurting. Give us your ear for the one that is crying on the inside. Give us your eyes that I might see the need right before me, hidden behind fake smiles. Jesus, you came to seek and to save that which was lost. The last thing they need is to feel the sting of rejection and betrayal from their last source of hope, those who were called to save them. Now, I'm not talking about tolerance of sin because love does not do that. Love speaks truth that a soul might be saved from damnation. But I am talking about selflessness in the pursuit of that restoration. Because, my friend, the gospel is not about you. It's about him and demonstrating him to the lost children. So, Father, forgive us where we have failed you in this. Help us to be more conscious of our actions and convicted of our lack of compassion. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.